friends, welcome to the Intuitive Mother Podcast, the podcast created to help you awaken, heal, and connect to your truth and your desires as you journey home to you in the midst of motherhood. I'm your host, Angie Schaefer, wife, mom of two teen daughters, intuitive life coach, and Reiki healer, creator of The Awoken Woman, and spiritual joy seeker. Each week, we'll come together and chat just as if we are on my sofa, side by side, sharing sacred space. It is my greatest hope to help other moms by offering insights, interviews, and straight up truth on all things motherhood and womanhood to guide your journey home with a friendly and healing vibe. Our time is now. Let's go. friends, welcome back to the Intuitive Mother podcast. This week, we have a special guest. Her name is Allison Jane Ryan. She and I met a few years ago through a mastermind we were both part of, led by Amber Lillystrom, and we reconnected recently while realizing that we both have podcasts about motherhood, and both of our passions are helping moms. So let me share a little bit about her. Allison is a guide for mamas who are coming out of the fog of early motherhood and recognize the deep need to prioritize their mental health and well-being. She helps exhausted moms prioritize their needs by guiding them through a six-step process so they can feel capable, confident, and empowered. Allison is passionate about helping mamas make space and time to reconnect with who they are and what they want so they can create a life they love. Originally from the Driftless region of southwestern Wisconsin, Allison now resides just west of Minneapolis, Minnesota with her husband of 14 years, their two young daughters, and their beloved Corgi. She loves to dance, spend time in nature, have honest and meaningful conversations with women and travel internationally, when that's possible, of course. Allison is also the host of the Mornings for Mamas podcast. You can find her on Facebook at Allison Jane Ryan, on Instagram at I am Allison Ryan, and on her website, www.allisonjaneryan.com. All of those links will be in today's show notes, so you can pop over there to check her out on your own. And let me finish with her quote saying, create space and time for you to reconnect with who you are and what you want so you can build a life you desire. I cannot wait to share our conversation with you from just the other day. So sit back and relax and listen in. All right, everyone. Joining me today from Minnesota, we have Allison Ryan. She is a mentor to mamas and host of the Mornings for Mamas podcast, wife and mama to two young daughters. Allison and I sort of met in a mastermind that we were both a part of, but I was coming in as she was ending her time in it. And then Allison, I saw you on Instagram and started noticing that you started your own podcast and thought it would be so refreshing to have you on the Intuitive Mother podcast, because while 
I tend to focus on the teenage years, your awakening, so to speak, and coming home to yourself really started when your daughters were much younger. So I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself and your passion for other moms and helping them. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me on your beautiful podcast, Angie. I'm just thrilled to be having this conversation with you and connect in this way. It is life-giving to have these conversations mama to mama. It is. You're welcome. So uh, as you said, I'm from Minnesota, or I I should say I'm living here now, but I am from Wisconsin. So I'm a a Midwest girl through and through. (laughs) And my husband and I married when we were in our late 20s, and we didn't think that we would have kids. We just, that wasn't really part of our plan, our greater plan. We had big aspirations for paying down lots of debt and um, getting into, you know, real estate and travel and things like that. But then we decided, well, let's give it a shot. <laughs> let's give this parenthood thing a shot. And so our oldest daughter, Samantha, was born seven and a half years ago in 2013. And shortly followed by our second daughter, Juliet, who is five-ish. Yeah, five. <laughs> and uh, in 2015. And both of my girls were born at home. That was something that was really important to my husband and I. He was from a home birthing family. His mother was a home birth midwife. And so we were ourselves as parents kind of born into this home birthing community, a very tight knit, close community in Des Moines, Iowa, which is where we were living at that time. Mm -hmm. And After my second daughter was born, I really struggled with postpartum depression and anxiety. And I did seek more holistic, natural methods of supporting myself through that experience. But to to make a very long story short, I did feel better after a period of months by doing acupuncture. And then our family decided to move. Mm. So we moved back to Minnesota when my girls were three and nine months to an area that we had never lived in before, even though we went to school up here and we had lived in the Twin Cities. Um, So we were really starting over and I was a stay-at-home mama of two little girls, completely exhausted, overwhelmed, you know, breastfeeding, co-sleeping, not sleeping. (laughs) Uh. And I think that as you said, or alluded to, my awakening really came in those very early years postpartum when I recognized just how incredibly depleted I was to a point of not only hating myself and who I was, but also really miserable in my mothering experience. And I should mention that part of my history back then was my anxiety and depression really manifesting as postpartum rage. And so um, I didn't even recognize myself anymore. Mm -hmm. It was quite the experience. And from that whole thing came many, many years of soul searching, rediscovering myself within motherhood, like you say, remothering myself and really feeling like a much more authentic version of myself now. Yeah. After doing some really deep work. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. so important. And, you know, it's crazy as you're telling us your story. I am too used acupuncture 
um, to heal my very first postpartum anxiety episodes. So I, while my awakening came in the teenage years for my daughters, um, it was when I found the most rage coming out of me. Uh, the anxiety began nine months after my first was born. So she is 17. And at that nine month mark, I had an episode where like I drove off of a road and I don't even know how I crossed multiple lanes. Like I blacked out, drove off. It was totally an anxiety panic attack. And I went into acupuncture mm -hmm. to heal myself and found my healing. Um, so yeah, I I did all the holistic and all of that myself and um, really have always supported others and shared how much that really helps one heal. However, I also found that for years afterwards, I got to a point where I was like, I don't really know who I am. I, I don't know who I'm looking at in the mirror. As a matter of fact, I even had a picture that would hang and I would sometimes say like, I don't know who she is in that picture, like looking in my own eyes mm. and being like, who, where did she go? Who is she? And it was so hard because our, you know, we're raised and society tells us that we should be, you know, happy and we should be just, you know, thrilled to be a mom and living that best life. And when you are, and you're happy as a mom, but you can't quite figure out why it doesn't feel like that deep inside. Like I knew I was blessed. I knew I loved being a mom, but there was still something disconnected and missing inside of me. So I know when we spoke in the past, it was, um, you know, I, I remember saying to you, I wish I had started to awaken and have those moments that I realized when the kids were younger, everybody's story is their own. But um, I know from following along with your story that you then shifted your or took your story and your passion for healing yourself and helping yourself and coming home to yourself into helping other moms. Can you tell us a little bit about how that evolved and how, what you do to help other moms? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. I really have turned my pain into purpose, which mm -hmm. is probably one of the greatest gifts of this motherhood journey that I've been on. Absolutely because I do have a very big heart and I'm a servant, you know, I have this servant spirit and I really feel deeply in my bones that mothers are so under supported and so underserved from the moment they conceive through pregnancy and especially in the postpartum years. And so when I first started my business, which is kind of back when you and I overlapped, mm -hmm. I was really focused on supporting mamas as they transitioned into motherhood, so like in those really early postpartum weeks, months, years, mm -hmm. and uh, you and I are on the same page about this, but postpartum is not what, not postpartum depression, anxiety, rage. Postpartum is a time after you have a baby. And some, you know, there's differing opinions about how long that lasts, but um, in my opinion, it lasts far longer than, you know, the six to nine months that <laughs> right. physicians say that it lasts, it lasts, can last years. And so that was really my focus. But as I got deeper into my own practice of taking care of myself and how I went about doing that 
and really healing myself on multiple levels, going from being a massive people pleaser, you know, codependency, um, mindset work, all of the beliefs that were coming up for me as related to motherhood. Mm-hmm. As I dove deeper into those practices, I recognized that there is such a need to show and teach other mothers how to care for themselves because that is not something that we are shown typically by our Mm -hmm. own mothers. And Mm -hmm. so really my work now is about teaching mothers how to prioritize their well-being and how to put themselves first, Mm -hmm. which I think is can feel like if you, if you've never thought about putting yourself first before, and if your children come first or your spouse comes first or your own parents come first, that can feel like, whoa, this is really radical. This idea of like putting <laughs> myself first. But when I, when I learned to do that, that is when my life really shifted. Wow. When I put myself yeah. first and prioritize my own well-being. That's when not only was I starting to feel better, but my relationships with my children improved. My relationship with my husband improved. Everything got better mm-hmm. when I started taking care of me, mm-hmm. which is so backwards to what we think of being, you know, a martyr and self-sacrificing. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say in your, when we do these, when I bring people into podcasts, I ask like, what was your greatest lesson from your mom or grandmother? And your answer was that your mom and grandmother were martyrs. And so I would imagine it was something to that extent about them being martyrs. And I believe when we look at that generation, we actually see that across the board. I mean, it would be random if you would find someone of our mother or grandmother's generation who was not a martyr for their family. And it's something that I've even seen, you know, that I had to take notice and be like, oh my gosh, I am doing the same things or saying the same things that my mom or my grandmother used to. And it would devalue everything I was doing just to, because it was what we were taught to, that everything had to be perfect for everybody else. That, you know, if the meal on the table wasn't a 10 out of 10, we were failing. <laughs> and then, you know, I even to think back to that, sometimes my husband's like, you're, you're asking stuff that your grandmother, because my grandmother lived with us for a period of time. I was their caregiver as well. So, and even being under her watchful eye, it's probably part of what eventually brought my awakening to a head, like recognizing she was still putting me under that microscope that she was held under and that she put under. So I feel like that's so true that our generation is probably the first generation to start to have those inklings of this doesn't feel good. I, I don't really, I'm putting everybody ahead of me. And at the end of the day, I have this sliver of time or this sliver of an opportunity to get in a bath or a shower or whatever. And because we're, you know, we were raised by martyrs and we are martyrs. And I often also say, God bless them because they did what they, they only did as much as they knew, like that was how they were raised. So it is a taking this link out of the chain of being the martyr and saying, we're, we're done. Like we're not, because we don't want to raise our own daughters. 
to believe the same thing and in 20 years do the same thing in their motherhood and their family. Absolutely. And I think a huge part of that for me too, Angie, was that when I became a mother, I thought it was, as you alluded to earlier, the end all be all of my life experience that somehow I was supposed to feel completely satisfied and Mm -hmm. joyful and just like loving everything about motherhood, you know, that it was just this most fabulously beautiful thing, you know, as I, I was pregnant a little bit later in life and my mother was just so excited. It's so exciting that we're having babies. And then I was in it, you know, (laughs) um, breastfeeding and changing diapers and meeting all of their needs and wanting to be the perfect mother and wanting to meet these high expectations that I Mm -hmm. had for myself. It was, it was so much. It felt like I was I've described it in the past as feeling like I was backed up against a wall, but I felt like I was, you know, just like the nails, the claws were coming out. And that is where the rage came. I think that it was Mm -hmm. just my way of saying like, this is not working for me. My soul was crushed. I was Mm -hmm. just in a soul crushing situation and I had choices, right? I had control over how I wanted to move forward from that. And I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm so grateful for my, my grandmothers, my mother, and, you know, watching them in the way that they raised their families and what they've passed down to us. And the really interesting thing about my own mother is that, yes, there were aspects of her life that were very much about serving her family. Excuse me. But there were also aspects, I mean, my parents got divorced when I was 14. And so my mother was the one who instigated that and wanted that first. Mm -hmm. And she, in a lot of ways, was like a pioneer. And she was, I would come from a very small town. And like, I think we were one of the only families who had divorced parents. And so there were, there, there were, and still are definitely ways where, she is showing me kind of like what a strong woman can do. You Mm -hmm. know, that's a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's that aspect of my life too, where I I feel, and I've always felt that um, to thine own self be true. What is it that I, I need, not what my children need or my spouse needs, but what do I need to Mm -hmm. thrive in, in my life? And motherhood is a part of my life, but it's not all of who I am. Mm -hmm. Well, and what does thriving mean for you in this moment and time and being willing to sit in that and think about it, let it like permeate and really know that that can also change over the years. Like when I had my daughters, much like you, I thought that was all I needed. And I knew I didn't want to be a full-time working mom out of the house. I didn't want a full-time corporate career. So when I made that choice, it was sort of like, okay, then I'm choosing that what I need to thrive is being a full-time mom, stay-at-home mom, working mom, but working from home (laughs) with them. And then it was around when my second was one that I started dabbling myself in direct sales because I started to get the inkling that like, I need community of other women. I need some sort of professionalism (laughs) in my life to feel whole and like to feel not even enough, but just that like I was fulfilled 
in who I wanted to be. But it was, you know, it was hard because then I had to come to terms with the fact that I had told myself that I wanted to be, you know, my, my mom, she and my grandmother, you know, raised their kids, but they did at one point get jobs to help the family. My mom also at times worked for my dad at times had um, her another job, but it was coming to terms with, I'm allowed to pivot and change and recognize that as I grow and the kids grow, I'm going to need different things to thrive and feel fulfilled. And being able to vocalize that to first myself, but then also my husband and, you know, my kids or, and my mom or, you know, whoever. Yeah, very much so. And I think, you know, permission is a big, big part of that, like you said, and watching other mamas and women do the same thing. And I think that that was a huge aha moment for me when I was suffering and so miserable in early motherhood, I started listening to podcasts. I just, it just sounds so funny to think about now, but I didn't know what podcasts were. And then I found this little app on my phone and I thought, well, what is that? And then I clicked it and I thought, I get to listen to other women talk. <laughs> it was just like I was from the dark ages or something, but I started listening to um, Vibrant Happy Women by Jen Riday. I don't know if that's a podcast you're no, familiar with. No, it's not one that I am. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> but she's been podcasting now for years. And a lot of the mamas that she had on her show at that time were talking about how they were prioritizing themselves. So they can kind of dig themselves out of that dark, dark spot, dark hole and make themselves a priority so that they could really enjoy their lives. Mm-hmm. And that impacted me so greatly because those were the mamas really in my sphere who were talking about things like that. It, mm-hmm. I wasn't really seeing it on social media. I certainly wasn't seeing it from my, my mom or even my sister Mm-hmm. And no fault to them, but it was, it was what I needed to hear at that time. And it was like a, it was like a godsend, you know, we mm-hmm. talked about earlier reading blogs or reading a book that just really changes your life. And it mm-hmm. came into my life right when I needed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say that those podcasts or the book are the little godsend of part of your awakening that you recognize number one, I'm not alone. And number two, I, you know, I I can have these feelings and it's safe to have them. And I'm not wrong for wanting more. Um, You know, I think that's, it was supposed to, in my mind, it was just like what I had was enough. I had beautiful, healthy daughters. I was healthy. Our family was healthy. We were safe. We were secure. We had a nice house. But um, meeting those other women that were maybe the first ones to step out and really be more vocal. You know, I was part of playgroups. Nobody was being vocal about this in the playgroups. They were all still staying very (laughs) much within the realm of like what we should be saying to each other. And, um, you know, I know one of my dear friends says to me often, like, you're probably one of the only moms that I know that just like tells it like it is. And I think it just got to a point where we're like, well, if I'm going to help somebody else, I'm going to let them know that like, it's okay to have these feelings. It's okay to to want to pivot or whatnot and how to guide them through that rather than feel like they're still stuck 
up against the wall or in a shell or something and can't can't be the mom of their dreams. That's, you know, one thing to me is like we have this vision of what being the mom of our dreams would be. And sometimes we need to just navigate until we actually find what really fulfills that mom of our dreams. Mm-hmm. And that it's not necessarily the picture perfect that we had in our uh, in our mind, but it's more perfect down the road. Yes, for yeah. sure. And I think what's really cool now, as you were saying earlier, Angie, that this generation that we're in, because we're the same age, is really willing to pull back the curtain a little bit more and say, well, wait a minute, um, she's not doing things exactly like her mom was doing things. Mm -hmm. She's doing things a little bit differently and learning from each other that we can really create our experience through the choices that we're making Mm -hmm. and, and enjoy this motherhood journey that's a part of who we are, not the whole thing, but that it, it can be maybe not blissful all the time, <laughs> but it can be yeah. enjoyable, right? Like, that, right. That's like, I'm proud of who I am showing up with my family. I feel very connected. Mm-hmm. I also have things that I enjoy. Like there's this really, for me right now in this season of motherhood, which seems a little bit odd to say because of living through this pandemic, but like I have lots of tools in my toolbox that I'm using to support myself so that I can stay in this really beautiful flow with my family. And I'm also keeping on the blinders and being mm-hmm. very clear about who who's coming into my space, whether it's on social media or whether it's my family. And just remembering that like, I get to decide what this experience is going to look like for me and feel like for me. Right, right. Oh my gosh, I love that, that you brought up within living in the pandemic, how you still get to choose because I'm, you know, you still find that this is very hard and everybody is um, under a different pressure, just depending on how old their kids are, how many kids they have, just, you know, where they're at personally in life financially or whatnot, but we still get to choose every day. If there's something that we can do to help us maintain our level of balance, our level of even a slight bit of positivity to get through to the next day of the pandemic. And, um, you know, I, like you have my toolbox that I go to every, every day. And if I miss a day, I know, and, you know, I typically only miss a day because somebody, you know, the dog's sick or whatever. And it's like, you get up and you're running to the vet or whatnot, but I'm curious, what is one of your top tools? Mm-hmm. to share with listeners. Cause I think a lot of women that are just starting down that road, they're like, all right, what, what do you mean by these tools? What is, what's your go-to? <laughs> yeah. What are, what are the tools in the toolbox? You know, I, one of my more robust tools that I started giving to myself, I should say was, or is my morning practice. And that is why my podcast is called Mornings for Mamas, because Mm -hmm. I really feel like the morning, early morning hours, and I'm talking about the time before your kids wake up. And we're talking to mamas of all ages here, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have teenage daughters. I have very young daughters. I started my morning practice when my daughters were about one-year-old-ish and three-ish, maybe Mm -hmm. one and four. Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't remember Mm -hmm. specifically, but they were very young. 
And I had my husband's support in setting the alarm for 5 a.m. I would I would take from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. just for me. And these are back in the days when I was home with them far more than I am now because they're mm-hmm. both in their own schooling situation. But that was my time. And I used that time back then for, I really dove deep into spirituality and uh, like a, in a phase of my healing journey. Mm-hmm. So it was about like doing affirmations and reading something uplifting and having my hot cup of coffee without being interrupted. <laughs> so it was like, it was kind of like a power hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was also setting my intention for the day. And I had my time at the start of the day so that I wasn't feeling so empty by the end of it. And it was something I looked forward to. And I would go to bed early and get the sleep that I needed. So I think that there are, there were like a lot of things that came out of that morning practice. Mm-hmm. But that is one of my like tried and true things that I think a lot mm-hmm. of mamas could benefit from doing. And it just it depends on a little bit on the season of motherhood that you're in. And certainly doesn't have to be an hour of time, but it's right. been life-giving to me. Right, right. No, it absolutely is. It's the, your Top tool is actually my top tool. Mine, I it's always morning. I don't rise early. I'm not, at this point in the game, not a very super early riser. Um, it's always on my list. Like, oh, but you know what I find is sometimes I say like, I should be getting up at five. And then I reevaluate and I'm like, no, I should not. Like if getting up at 6.30 is what works for me, my kids are older and during the pandemic, they're not even leaving the house for school. So why would I get up at five? I could do it from 6.30 to 7, 6.30 to 7.30, whatever. Um, the pandemic has definitely shifted my morning, but it has still remained the constant. So even if I choose to alter and have the coffee with my husband, when we're done having coffee as he's starting his day, I then come up and my biggest tool is the meditation. So I pull cards, I read spiritual um, affirmations and healings and everything. And then I journal, but the biggest one, like if I know I'm going to be short on time, it's always the meditation that gets to come in and um, that I make sure is part of my day. It's where I've had actually my deepest healing of for myself, like where I've been the most connected to myself. So It is. It's so important. And I, like you, agree that if mamas just gifted themselves that little bit of time started, you know, I started with 10 minute meditations and went from there. And in a, so what I did is actually three years ago, I took a year off. I had been working per diem part time here and there at a local hospital. And I just was at the point of saying, like, I don't really know who I am. So I'm going to take a year off and figure this out because I'm not getting younger and my kids are getting older. And in my mind, I think the crisis fell in like, oh my gosh, in a couple of years, they're going to college. And what am I going to do? Like, who am I then? And um, that was actually what made it rise up to the top of importance. And I took that year off and it started with 10 minute meditations and then 20. Next thing I knew I was meditating for an hour every morning and then implementing the journaling and all of that and exercise or whatnot around it. But those morning rituals are so important and soul giving to your life versus depleting 
you know, it helps set you up for the day. And there are days where at nine o'clock, I'm like, I need to meditate again. And, um, you know, with my kids being older and even my husband, there's days where I know they're looking at me and I'm like, I know I need to go meditate <laughs> because like they can even tell the difference of like mom hasn't on a weekend, like mom hasn't done it yet. And <laughs> she's a little bit cranky. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yep. I got, I got it. I'm going to go meditate. <laughs> but, and I think, you know, for me, I look at someone like you and I think what, a blessing of what you're doing for yourself is for your daughters. And a huge part of my work has come from the recognition that letting myself be backburnered and not connecting deeply to myself and not healing what needed to be healed, that I was just pushing it down, pushing it down, was what eventually led me to the rage moments. And what that taught my daughters and how that hurt them. And which is where I then say, like, I wish I had awoken at an earlier stage. This is our journey. But what I love about yours is that your daughters at such a younger age are going to make that note of what you're doing for that, for yourself, for them, for your relation, like your marriage, but also they're seeing you mentor these other moms and how much of a servant heart you have and giving to them and giving them this part of their life back because we really do need those women on our, on our side that are walking through it with us. And um, I think that's so important is to have a friend, a mentor, a coach, someone that you can lean on because it's, it's so life-giving, but you need someone to walk with you. Yes. At least I did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. And I think there is so much, there can be so much shame and embarrassment around um, some of these experiences that we have in motherhood, especially as related to like postpartum depression and anxiety, mm -hmm. or even admitting to yourself that like, this is motherhood is not what you thought it was going to be in not only that, but you're not enjoying it. And I think our society, our culture is still not ready for a lot of those honest conversations, depending on the group that you're in or mm -hmm. who you're connected to or what your family history is like. And I think that is such a gift to be able to hold the space for other moms to get really, really honest with themselves and with someone else who they feel safe with to say like, this is, this is not this is not, ha I'm not happy, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not mm -hmm. getting any fulfillment from this. And so, mm -hmm. yes, it is. And re regarding my children, I mean, I've had my own, <laughs> I have my own wounds and my own um, regrets and my own disappointments around how I showed up with them in, in their early years of motherhood, you know, especially regarding rage, but mm -hmm. I've decided that dwelling on those things only brings about more pain mm -hmm. and that is my past and it's not my future. And I get to decide, you know, again, Absolutely. How, how I want to move forward with that. And I think also just creating this atmosphere of always being honest with my girls and always um, making 
repair. It's the repair work, you know, Mm -hmm. just always repairing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I always go by, um, you know, Glennon Doyle. I only found her in the past year. I never read any of her previous books. It was only, I had heard of her, but I had not read anything until Untamed and Untamed came in and rocked my world. Like, you know, I was sort of not at the end of my healing journey because we're always healing. There's always more pulling back, but I was at a really stable foundation in it. And that book came in and I was like, whoa, she, she is like rocking my world here. And I just like plowed through it and was telling everybody about it. But one of her quotes at some point recently on Instagram, I believe, was like, we as mothers, or maybe she even said parents, need to mess up because (laughs) it allows our children to recognize when they're 40 and they're messing up that it's okay because they came out okay. And, you know, her quote has something to do with that. And I, I held a lot of guilt and a lot of shame around the rage and, um, you know, not knowing it until I was, my kids were older, not recognizing it until my oldest was walking into therapy because she was having severe anxiety attacks because mama screamed a bit too much when she was young. Uh, Up until even this past, I mean, you still have breakthrough when you're healing, it still comes out at times. There are different triggers at every stage. And that's why I say our children are our greatest teachers and they, the wounds come up when they're teaching us how to mother and how to be or who we want to be. And, um, you know, I've sat through that and I held a lot of shame and my one friend kept reminding me you have to get to the point of forgiveness for yourself because you clearly were operating at the best at that spot. Like you didn't know better and that you only operate there until you know better. And then you have, once you recognize it, you have the choice. Are you going to keep operating here? Are you going to move a different direction? And she's like, and you made the choice to move in a different direction. So it's hard you have to do the work and the healing but you still made a choice and you kept showing up to do it so I I do I think there's so much to be said for our choice to um you know make make the choice and walk through and heal um so that we can show up and be the mother of our dreams that we dreamed of being but also the woman of our own dreams that we're not only categorizing ourselves as the mother, mm-hmm. but the woman as well. So, well, I have enjoyed having you here today. I would love for you before you and I jump off to just share with the listeners where they can connect with you or find find out about you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Angie. I could keep talking for I hours. know. <laughs> I say that with like most of my podcast guests. I'm like, we could clearly keep talking and talking and talking right. uh, another time. <laughs> so um, I'm at, on Instagram, I am Allison Ryan with one L All right. and on Facebook, Allison Jane Ryan. And then on my website is AllisonJaneRyan.com. And then, okay. as you mentioned earlier, I have a podcast called Mornings for Mamas, the Mornings for Mamas podcast. Okay. Well, I will make sure to put all of those places to find you in the show notes that they can always, listeners can click on the show notes and find you that way as well. And um, yeah, I'm just so glad that you, we were able to take the time and connect here and share from our hearts, heart to heart. And I'm so yes. glad we could connect and um 
definitely love chatting. Thank you so much. Me too, yeah. Angie. Be All good right. Care. You have a good day. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.